Greetings, mysterious old listeners. As part of our Patreon pledge drive, we're releasing a series of samples from our back catalog of Patreon-only content, so you can hear what you're missing. Today we present the debut installment of our semi-regular Patreon podcast, Cliffhangers of Doom, featuring our enthusiastic discussion of City of the Dead Part 1 from Adventures by Morse. If you enjoy this sample and want to hear the other nine chapters of City of the Dead, go to patreon.com slash themorals and become a patron today. And now, cliffhangers of doom. Cliffhangers. Welcome to Cliffhangers of Doom, a podcast dedicated to adventure, crime, and mystery serials from the golden age of radio. I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. For our debut serial, we chose The City of the Dead from Adventures by Morse. Carlton E. Morse created two of radio's most beloved serials, One Man's Family and I Love a Mystery. One Man's Family followed the ups and downs of the Barber clan over the course of 27 years, making it the longest-running uninterrupted serial in the history of Radio. In contrast to the down-to-earth domestic drama of the Barbers, I Love a Mystery focused on high adventure, pitting its trio of globe-trotting protagonists, Jack, Doc, and Reggie, against natural and supernatural threats ranging from psychotic voice actors to ancient vampires. Shortly after I Love a Mystery ended in 1944, Carlton E. Morse created Adventures by Morse. It ran for 52 episodes, and unlike its predecessor, all eight serials from Adventures by Morse exist in their entirety. Adventures by Morse boasts many of the same traits that made I Love a Mystery so great. Twisty plots, quirky characters, and colorful dialogue. In fact, the series leads, Captain Bart Friday and Skip Turner, are, for all intents and purposes, renamed versions of Jack Packard and Doc Long from I Love a Mystery. The only thing missing is poor Reggie York. The City of the Dead was the first serial of the run and introduced the structure Morse would use throughout the series. A ten-part adventure followed by a three-part adventure, then back to a ten-parter again. Exact broadcast dates for the serials are unknown, but most researchers believe the series began in 1944 and ended sometime in early 1945. We'll share more background about the series as well as its creator in subsequent episodes. For now, let's listen to episode one of The City of the Dead from Adventures by Morse. Adventures by Morse. Carlton E. Morse presents... The City of the Dead, featuring Captain Friday. If you like high adventure, come with me. If you like the stealth of intrigue, come with me. If you like blood and thunder... Come with me. But first, listen to a word from our sponsor. The City of the Dead. There are 10,000 citizens in the City of the Dead, each with a white marble slab indicating each residence. 
The gates of the City of the Dead have long been closed to newcomers. It is a city whose population has remained unchanged for the last 10 years. And the mayor of this city is Joshua Friday. Some call him caretaker of the old cemetery in the valley. But anyone who knows Joshua Friday at all calls him mayor. He is the only living person in the City of the Dead. That is, unless you care to include Lammy Fink, a slow-witted fellow who does kitchen police duty and a little gardening in the city during the day and retires beyond its precincts at night. The City of the Dead lies in a tiny valley 25 miles from the suburb of a great city. It is off the main highway and completely isolated from the world. But now it's 9 o'clock on a moonlit, windy night in October. Come on, come on, get out of that car. You heard me. What, what do you want? You want me to plug you? Oh, Jimmy, do what he says. You too, girl, get out. You let go of me. You let that girl alone. And get out of the car, both of you. Yeah, now start walking. No, the other way. But that's toward the graveyard. You heard me. And don't look back or they'll pick up your bodies in the morgue wagon in the morning. Now get moving. Jimmy, what's happening to us? Keep walking. Don't look around. They've stolen your machine. I know it, Phyllis. I couldn't tackle two armed men. Well, of course you couldn't. Shouldn't have parked way out here in the country. But it was nice. It was so still in the moonlight. Who do you suppose they were? Probably car thieves. They didn't touch us. Jimmy. Listen. Church bell. But there aren't any churches around here. Oh, sure there is. That little old church down at the other end of the valley. Well, but that's all falling to pieces. It hasn't been used for years. That's right. Funny, isn't it? Jimmy, I'm scared. Do we have to go on? Well, look, Phyllis. There's a light ahead of us. You know what it is? No. Oh, Jimmy, what's that? Quick, get off the road. Behind those bushes. Get down. Oh, Jimmy. Jimmy, what was that? What was... Shh, shh, shh. Oh. oh, I wish we were home. Don't talk so loud, fellas. That fellow acted as though he were being chased. Chased? Listen. Don't hear anything, do you? No. I mean, come on. Keep on the grass. Where are we going? You saw that light. I just remembered that the caretaker of the city of the dead lives around here somewhere. That must be his place. Oh, I, I don't like that name. What? City of the dead? Yes. Graveyard's bad enough. Well, anyway, we'll get him to let us use his phone and call the police and have a car sent out for us. Well, there, you can see the outline of the house among the trees. See it? Uh-huh. Looks awfully lonesome, doesn't it? Look. What are those? We're inside the city of the dead. Those are the tombstones glistening in the moonlight. I don't like it, Jimmy. Oh, here's the door. Oh, Jimmy, don't leave me. I'm right here in the shadow. He doesn't answer. It's funny. What do you want? Oh, no. Hey. Hey, where did you come from? What do you want? Uh, are you the caretaker? Supposing I am. Oh, what made you sneak up on us from behind? That you making that crazy noise. What noise? Oh, you mean the man crying? Oh, so it was you. Oh, no. No, it wasn't. He passed us down the road. He was scared. What are you doing here? Why, our car was stolen from us. Oh, stolen? Hi, Doc. Open the door. Yes, two men held us up. 
We want to phone to the city for help. Do you hear, Doc? They're coming, Mayor. Oh, here you are. Well, what have you there, Mayor? Go on in, you two. Yes, sir. Lock up again, will you, Doc? Sure. Were they the ones picking up the rumpus? Hmm. Yeah, they tell a queer story. Here, you two, sit down. Said the car was stolen, Doc. Who stole it? Well, I don't know. Just two gunmen. Yeah. Here, Mayor, you better let me do the questioning. We'll get further. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, what's your name, son? James Parker, sir, and this is Miss Phyllis Carroll. Hmm, how do you do, Miss Carroll? Now, Mr. Parker, as I understand, you and Miss Carroll were out riding this evening. Uh-huh. We were parked on the road near your house. Parked? What for? <laughs> no, no, Mayor. Well, it looks suspicious to me, Doc, with all these other goings-on. No, you just don't understand the modern young folk, Mayor. You'd better let me do the talking. Now then, you were parked on the edge of the road, I take it? Yes, sir. And then what happened? Well, two men suddenly appeared, one on each side of the car, and told us to put up our hands and get out of the car. They were armed, you say? Yeah, both of them. When we got out, they told us to keep walking in the direction of the graveyard. What's that? Oh, son, don't ever say that word again in front of the Mayor Friday. This is the city of the dead. Oh, yes, sir. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, go on. Well, just as we saw the light in the caretaker's... Mayor, son. Mayor. Yes, sir. Just as we saw the light in the mayor's house, we heard someone coming down the road as hard as he could run. He was scared. Hysterical, huh? Yes, sir, he was. Crying and sobbing. Oh, Jimmy, you forgot about the bell. Bell? Yes, the church bell. It seemed to come from down at the other end of the... Gra- uh, the city of the dead. I guess it was from the old church down there. Mm, you hear that, Mayor? There ain't been no bell in them ruins for ten years, Doc. No bell? But we heard it. But I tell Never you that... Never mind, Mayor. Now then, son, what happened after that? Well, after the man ran by, we waited a few moments, and we came to the door and knocked. That's all. No, oh, I see. What do you make of it, Mayor? Don't like it. Think they're lying. But we're not. Listen, let me call up the police. Police? The police? Listen, I'm mayor of the city of the dead, and what I say goes. Yes, sir. And I ain't never had any police in this city, and I ain't never gonna have. And besides, there isn't any telephone here. But I saw telephone wire. you heard me say there was no telephone here. Well, but... But I've got to let my mother know. I'm sorry, Miss Carroll. It seems to be faith. But what are we going to do? No one ever comes by this way. Well, Mayor Friday will put you up for the night, I think. He has a couple of extra rooms, eh, Mayor? Huh? Oh, sure, sure. Oh, but I've got to get home tonight. Now, now, Miss Carroll, you better just take it all as an adventure and make the best of it. Isn't that right, son? I... Yeah, I guess so. Maybe if we started to walk back, we could pick up a ride when we hit the main highway. No, no, no. We couldn't think of letting you do that. You simply must accept Mayor Friday's hospitality. Now, I'll tell you what. While the mayor is fixing up your rooms, I'll brew us a cup of coffee. But I don't want any coffee. Oh, tut, tut. Of course you do. Yeah, there's still a fire in the kitchen stove. And the kettle's almost to a boil. We'll have coffee in a jiffy. But I want to go home. Don't say any more, fellas. Jimmy, what does it mean? I don't know. Something's up. I don't get it, but we better play up to him. Pretend like you thought nothing was a matter. Well, are, are we prisoners? Well, it looks like it. Now, don't worry, though. I can take on these two old duffers if I have to. Well, but who is this this dark person? Oh, shh. Here he comes. Now then, coffee's all ready. There you are, Miss Carroll. Thank you. And there you are, Mr. Parker. Oh, thank you, sir. And here's some buns. Uh, better if they're hot, but they'll do for this sort of a snack. No, thank you. I, I'll just have coffee. 
Sir, I thought that Mr. Uh, Mayor Friday lived here alone. <laughs> you wonder who I am, eh? Well, I'm what your city doctors would call an old codger, I'm afraid. Just an old country doctor. Doc Tuner is what they call me. But I wouldn't think they'd need a, a physician in the city of the dead. <laughs> no, no, the city of the dead isn't my seat of practice. That is, I should say, it wasn't my seat of practice. You see, son, I'm retired now. All my patients are dead. Dead? All of them? Well, it's this way, young folks. I was a family doctor and had my little practice and was like a member of each family that I doctored. I knew all the little troubles and every pain of each of my patients. Never seemed to hanker to add new patients to my clientele, especially as I grew older. Uh, more coffee, Miss Carroll? It does taste good. Well, as time went on, I found myself laying more and more of my patients to rest in the city of the dead. But there hasn't been anyone buried in the city of the dead for the last you know, ten years. Well, this was years ago, son. Well, finally, about ten years ago, I discovered that all the families I'd doctored were either dead or had moved away. As that I hadn't added any new patients, I was a doctor without a practice. But couldn't you have got more? Oh, suppose I could, but I never made a practice of it, so I didn't hanker to begin trying at my age. I was getting well along, and besides, I had enough to live on. Oh, I see. <laughs> Which means that you don't see it all. Well, son, as I said, I lost the last of my patients about the time they closed the City of the Dead as a burying place and opened up a newfangled cemetery over on the other side of the city. My last patient just slipped in under the bars, you might say. Last person to be buried here. All your your patients are buried in this great... Uh, the City of the Dead? Every one of them. So you can see the City of the Dead has a very soft place in my heart. I often come down here and stay a spell with the mayor. It's kind of like being with old friends. Going down there among those little white headstones brings back all the old days to me. And you just happen to be here on a visit tonight? Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, here comes the mayor. Well, your room's just ready. Yeah, that's good. I suppose, Miss Carroll, you'd better take the first room. Mr. Parker, you take the one right next to it. That right, Mayor? Don't make no difference. Well, good night. I hope you both sleep well. I'll call you for breakfast. Uh, good night, Dr. Tuner. And you too, Mr. Uh, mayor Friday. Good night, son. And you, Miss Carroll. Yes. Good night. Night, Phil. Remember, I'm right next door. Night, Jim. And now you, son. Yeah. Hi. Hi out there. Hey, what do you mean by locking the door? Oh, Phyllis? Phyllis? You mean it's that you? Yes, Phyllis, they've locked me in and the window's barred. Out of the night come two youngsters. Into the web of intrigue woven by two strange old characters they fall. Prisoners of Doc Tuner and Mayor Friday. Just who are? But before we go into that, a word from our sponsor. Having locked Jimmy Parker and Phyllis Carroll in adjoining bedrooms in the caretaker's cottage, old Doc Tuner and Mayor Friday are out among the gravestones investigating. Well, look here, Mayor. We won't be able to find anything down here among the graves this time of night. Yeah, moon's good. Anyway, I know every stick and stone in the City of the Dead. I'll know if anybody's been prowling around. But morning will do just as well. No, it won't. I'm going to look, and if I catch anybody prowling around, well, I got my gun. But if the men got away, as those youngsters said... Rosen, they ain't telling the truth. All that nonsense about hearing a church bell. Well, the girl was telling the truth, Mayor. I know the truth when I hear it. Dang funny. Ain't no church bells within 20 miles of here. 
I tell you, Doc, I'm just going to raise old Ned if I catch anybody bothering any of my citizens. They come to the city of the dead to rest, and I'm going to see that they get it. No, of course, Mayor, but what gets me is why anyone should want to rob a ten-year-old grave and let... By Jove, Mayor. Huh? Well, never mind now. This is going to take some thinking over. I'll tell you when we get back to the house. Look, look yonder at the wisp of fog among the stones. Yeah, yeah, them's the first bits of fog sweeping down the valley. Another couple of hours and the whole city will be so thick you can cut yourself a hunk. Mm, strange how I love this old place. Those wisps of fog remind me of rays, nice, friendly phantoms. <laughs> Reckon you have the same feel about this place as me. Oh, listen. Mm, there, there's your church bell. But there ain't any bell, I tell you. I seen them take it out of the tower ten years back when they quit using it. Yeah, maybe your ears are deceiving you, but personally, I hear church bells. Yeah. Is the fellas the creeps, don't it? Yeah, it seems to me there are altogether too many mysterious things happening in the city of the dead, if you can get what I mean. I don't. Well, for a city of quiet, decent folk that are supposed to be at their last resting place, there's a beastly lot of nocturnal activity. Mm. Listen. Bell stopped. Say, I got a thought, Mayor. Yeah? Why don't you put old Lammy Fink to keep a lookout at night? If he saw a prowler... If he, he... saw a prowler, he'd have a fit. Hmm. Lammy Fink... That addled brain wouldn't stay in the city of the dead after dark for anything on earth. Well, to be honest about it, Mayor, it looks to me like the kids are telling the truth. In the morning, we'd better feed them and send them on their way. And have them go home and tell a long rigmarole about auto bandits and hysterical men and phantom church bells and us locking them up for the night? Well, you can't keep them locked up indefinitely. Better turn them loose before any more harm's done. Mighty funny they should show up right at this time. Looks queer to me. Somebody's been monkeying around in the city of the dead for the last week. Then we up and catch a couple. Don't seem natural to me that they should be innocent. Well, then I lied to them about the telephone. That's something else for them to talk about. Guy's sake, Doc. If they went to the police with all that, the city of the dead would be run over with police and thrill hunters for weeks. I ain't gonna have it. What's this? Look here. Man's cap. Yes, it's a cap, all right. Recognize it? Uh. Yes. You don't say, Mayor. Yes. Belongs to Lammy Fink. Hmm. Don't tell much. Might have left it here yesterday while he was working. No, he didn't. I was by this way after he left last night. Wasn't here then. And anyway, he was he was working down at the other end of the city. And again, I seen him when he left after work. And he had it on his head then. <laughs> well, those are three pretty definite reasons to make us believe that Lammy Fink isn't so afraid of the city of the dead after dark as you thought. Hmm. Likewise, it rather indicates that Lammy was down here tonight. I know Lammy. He wasn't down here. Not if he could help it, he wasn't. You're a stubborn fellow, Mayor. You deny their church bells even when you hear them. Now you intimate that a man's cap has arrived on the scene without reason or assistance. Well, things ain't like they should be, Doc. Something's the matter. Somebody's desecrating the city of the dead. Well, the thing to do is to question Lammy tomorrow. Shh, wait. Listen. Hmm. Church bell again. Hey, I'm beginning to think you're right about investigating that old church. I'll get down with you tomorrow. I ain't gonna wait till tomorrow. I'm going down there now. Oh, come now, Mayor. It's getting foggier in the deuce. You won't be able to see anything. Going anyway. If there's anything there, I'll see it. Oh, what's the use of chasing phantom church bells this time of night? Don't come if you don't want to. I'm going. Well, if you're going, I might as well go, too. <laughs> you ain't fidgety at your age, are you, Doc? Who, me? Blamed old fool. Come on. <laughs>
it were here, what are you going to do about it? Can't see a blame thing. Got a flashlight, Doc. I always carry one. Mm, dilapidated old ruins. Should have been torn down long ago. Come on, I'll lead. And look out where you step. Every board's full of rottenness. Floor's liable to collapse and let you through. I ought to know that. Been in here often enough. Hey, what in tongue is that? Oh, nothing. Nothing but the rafters creaking. Can't you feel the whole building sway when the wind blows? It's that old. Mm, the whole shebang's likely to crash down on us. Don't reckon so. Keep quiet. What the deuce for? You don't expect to run anything into anything here, do you? Most folks have better sense than to risk their neck in this kind of a place. If a bell rung, somebody rung it. But you said there wasn't any bell. Mm-hmm. Last time I was in here is when we buried old man Burton. It's more than ten years back. You remember old man Burton, Mayor? Yeah. Yeah? Walked down this very aisle behind his coffin. Oh, Lord Almighty, Mayor. Yeah, just a screech owl, Doc. That's to blame this noise. Shh, hold it. I told you we should have waited till morning. Ah, it ain't nothing. Come on. Where are you going now? We're going to climb up this here ladder into the belfry. No, we're not. I am? Like as not, one of the rungs will give way and you'll break your neck. I'm going to chance it. Well, then let me go first. No. This here's my funeral. You be careful, Mayor. Listen to those rungs squeak under your weight. Yeah, a little hold, I guess. Are you coming? Yes, of course. Hold that light down here so I can see what I'm doing. All right. Right behind you. All right, Doc. You wait for me at the top of the ladder. Yeah. Is anything doing? I might as well be in on it. Yeah. Doc? Yeah, except for a bad case of goose pimples. Now, I, I'm going to turn on the flashlight. Better crouch down in case there should be anything. I'm crouched. Mm-hmm. Look out! Look out! Huh? What's the matter? Didn't you see it? See what? Whatever made that noise. <laughs> there was pigeons. Scared the pie out of them. And I saw a shape, shadows. Yeah, just a pigeon flying around. I don't believe it. I saw something big. Oh, yeah, where is it then? Couldn't have gone down the ladder. Couldn't have jumped out of the belfry without busting its neck. Yeah, have your own way. Anyway, there isn't any bell up here. Exactly like I told you. So, you see, we had all this monkey business for nothing. You satisfied now? I heard a bell tonight. Of course you did. So did I. Well, where did it come from? Ain't no other buildings around for 20 miles. Yeah, looks to me like you deepened your mystery rather than solved it. Yeah. Look, look. Cobwebs all over the place. Ain't nobody else been up here for years. Anybody can tell that. Hey, Mayor, let's go back to the house to do our cogitating. I'm not what you'd call comfortable perched up here in this old belfry. Yeah, reckon we might as well go down. Yeah. <laughs> That's over. I'd make a blame poor monkey at my age. Come along. Now, where do you think you're going? Well, as long as I'm here, might as well look over the whole place. Mm, you're sure anxious to break a leg. You feel how springy these floorboards are? I'll be able to give away any minute. We'll take a look behind the altar. Eh, what's back there? Well, it used to be the preacher's study. It was never used, though, after the old bell ringer committed suicide in there. By Joe, Mayor, I'd forgotten about that. Old Sammy Martin. 
hanged himself, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, locked the study off and never used it after that. Of course I remember now. Fifteen years ago, if it was a day. It ain't locked no more, I don't reckon. Look here, Mary, I, I'm not so certain I like this. Like what? Well, we've got a dead bell ringer. Yeah? No, we've got a phantom bell. You think there's any connection? No. You? I hope not. Whoever heard of a doctor being scared of ghosts? Mm, I don't recollect saying anything about being frightened. I'm just putting two and two together. Mayor! Mayor! Where are you? Where's the light? Are you hurt? Oh, no. No, I'm... I'm all right. Just broke through the floor and... Oh, hurt? Have you got the light? No. No, just... The skin machine blast this rotten place. But the light. Yes. Yes. Here it is. I hung on to it. My soul, what was that? Come from the study, didn't it? Yes, sounded so. Shh. Oh, that. That's only. That's only the rafters. Here. Here, help me pull my leg out of this dang hole. Well, wait a minute until I turn on the light. No, 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 no. Leave it off. You sneak up on the study. What do you mean, sneak up? Here, give me your hand. There you are. Now, look here, Mayor. I've had enough for one night. I'm going to see what made that noise. No fat chance of sneaking up on anything after the crash you made when you fell. We'll sneak up to the door and throw it open. Yeah, and get shot for our trouble. No, no, we won't. We'll be lying flat on the floor. Yeah. Yes. Then we'll wriggle into the room. Now, listen, I'm no snake. Then we'll wait until we hear a noise. You're crazy, Mayor. Yes, maybe so. Anyway, as soon as we hear a noise, we'll flash on the light and nab whoever's there. Mm, just as easy as that. Come on now. Don't make a sound. Here's the door. Lie down flat. Right in front of the door? Yes. Swings in. I'm right alongside you. Well, who's gonna open the door? I am. I've unlatched it. All I got to do is give it a push. Well, push. What? Ow! Huh? Oh, great jump and seizure. What what was that, Doc? Oh, I don't know, but whatever it was, it ran the full length of me. Stepped on you? Stepped on me and dang near ground me into the floor. Stepped smack on my head. Are you hurt? Well, I don't feel any too good. Can you walk? Oh, of course. Well, well our ghost oh. seems to have gotten away. Turn on the light. Let's get into the room and look around. Yeah, I could do with some light. There. Mayor, I haven't told you the worst yet. Huh? The worst? Yes, the worst. Mayor, whoever it was that ran over me didn't have shoes on. Look where his nails scratched my face. Oh, gosh almighty, Doc. Wasn't it a man? Well, I tell you, he was barefooted, if it was. Gee, Rushi. It'd take claws to make scratches like that. Here, here, tie your face up with this, this handkerchief. It's bleeding. Mm, I hope you're satisfied. Now, just a minute, just a minute. I want to look around this study. Give me the flashlight. No limit to your curiosity. There he is again. Whatever it is, it's hanging about outside. Look. Look there, Doc. It's a bell rope. Bell rope? Yes, see it? That claw-footed man or whatever it is has been ringing the bell from in here. Look. Look where it disappears through the ceiling. Hmm, it's a new rope. Mayor, what are you doing? I'm going to ring that dang bell. Now, you want to prove to yourself that there is a bell, huh? Well, of course there's a bell. I always knew there was. Well, go ahead. Pull it. My face hurts. I'll give it a yank that'll pull the whole contraption down. Well, pull. 
pull. Yeah, here goes. Oh, Mayor! Mayor! He shot. It wasn't a bell, it was a trap. just heard the opening episode of The City of the Dead, especially written and produced for your sponsor by Carlton E. Morse. What is this clawfoot thing? What is the meaning of the phantom church bell? Why are Jimmy and Phyllis held prisoners? And finally, who shot Mayor Friday? And how and why? The mystery grows deeper and creepier next week with Chapter 2 entitled, I've Dug Up Something Ghastly. That was Episode 1 of The City of the Dead from Adventures by Morse here on Cliffhangers of Doom, the podcast. Once again, I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. Welcome to our first episode of this podcast. You might be familiar with us from the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society podcast. I've heard that once or twice. Yeah, (laughs) and... uh, it's a clever way for us to get in the serials because yeah. in the other podcasts, uh, it's hard to do a 10-part series. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially at 30 minutes roughly per episode. And you would think that this entire project, that this entire concept, that this entire idea was my brainchild considering how excited and happy I am that we're doing this because <laughs> I love serials. And I love the adventure serials, and I love Carlton E. Morris, and there's so many more down the line I want to do. And But I have nothing to do with this. Joshua and Tim came up with this idea, and I feel like it's my birthday or something. Like, this was a, you know what we're going to do for Eric? We're going to branch off, spin off to a, a separate podcast just for him and all his stuff. So you guys we're like me. anticipating all the times we're going to disappoint you in the future. (laughs) (laughs) This is to make up for things that have yet to happen. Well, I'm going to tell you, the next 10 episodes, I'm going to be a very, very happy man because, first of all, Carlton E. Morris is uh, my hero. Uh, I love him. I adore. uh, I love a mystery. I Love Adventure is just gorgeous and City of the Dead is one of my favorite things in the entire world. So there's going to be no secret to our analysis coming from me. <laughs> um, I'm just going to be over here clapping and giddy and jumping up and down on my chair. I've heard City of the Dead, no lie, 30th time going wow. through this entire series. I love it that much. I don't know what you guys are going to say, because neither one of you have listened to this before, right? Nope. And you are only going to listen of an episode at a time, so you have not heard episode two yet. Nope. So as we discuss these, they don't know what's coming I actually next. started with 10 and went backwards. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be on me to not... Spoil it. Spoil things, and to say, oh, well, that's because that guy eventually ends up being a unicorn. Um, oh, man. That, what? Yeah, that does not happen. Um <laughs> This is the first time you guys have ever listened to something that's beloved to me, so I have no idea at this very moment if you like it or what the reaction is going to be. But I will say this to start. I don't know how you could possibly have any complaint about anything that starts with, if you like high adventure, 
come with me. If you like stealth and intrigue, come with me. If you like blood and thunder, come Get with out of me. here, you weirdo. <laughs> oh, my God. I it, did think when they were saying blood and thunder, if you like the Salvation Army? <laughs> All right. <laughs> that is the greatest opening ever written. I love it so much. I've named so many things in my life, uh, from fantasy football teams to other things, blood and thunder because of this. <laughs> um, so let's just get right to it. Impressions, boys? I've been waiting two weeks to hear what you guys think. Well, when I finally got to the end of it, I had two thoughts. One was, oh my God, I love this. It's the best thing ever. And two, <laughs> how long can I convince Eric I don't like this? <laughs> <laughs> and not long. I just, I could not bring myself to actually do it, but. Oh, good. Joshua? Oh, I thoroughly enjoyed this first episode. I haven't heard anything past it, but I love this. This is crazy but there is a method to the madness mm-hmm. because if it were just and then this and then this, it is just <laughs> it, is. it has a crazy amount of incident shall we say but structurally there's a lot of interesting things happening and i have faith that some of that incident still might have some structure to be behind that that we'll see yeah but. you can hang your hat on this and this is why you should feel comfortable you are already familiar with carlton e morse and mm-hmm. you know you trust him as a writer so moving forward with all of this this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. You know that there's nothing extraneous going on. Nothing he writes, do you end up later going, well, what about that thing with that thing? It's all so thought out and so connected, which makes this even more amazing because if I can do my list, there's a bell that's not a bell that's not there anymore, and there's a screaming, laughing man that goes running by them. They got hijacked uh, at the top of the show by a couple of guys that... And that's for now gone. And the mayor and the denial of the telephone and the fact they're being forced to stay the night. And then they have to sleep in the graveyard and they get locked in and the windows are barred. And, and there's table a claw-footed, set. barefoot right, guy. And right. The it's, best. It made me laugh out loud, but it was a laugh of joy. Right. Yeah. Is when he pulls the bell rope and gets shoots him. <laughs> like we needed one more thing. Crazy thing to happen, and there it is. And you do, if you didn't know anything about Morse, and if you didn't know anything about this, you could look at this and go, that's too much. That's crazy. There's no way you can keep track of all this. So structurally, can I bring this up? The fact that it starts in the middle of the hijack at the mm-hmm. top of the show. Oh, he wastes no so time. so beautiful because we don't know what's going on until no. they get to the caretaker shack and start to explain that they... We infer they were making out. Yes. A- and they were hijacked, and they don't know why, and they don't know who. But we don't really know what that opening scene, get out of the car is the first line <laughs> yeah. of this thing. He oh. just drops you right into the action, which right. is great. It's the equivalent of a modern but action opening sequence. Yeah. It's also a little bit of the Hitchcock psycho move of, all right, here's my standard male-female protagonists who mm-hmm. are in a sort of standard situation, and I feel very comfortable, and I know what's going to happen, that they're going to go and be put in danger in the graveyard, and they are not the main characters. Nope, it gets flipped. In that second half, the guys who made you uncomfortable and you thought were creepy suddenly become reasonable, and you see everything from their point of view without negating what you experienced in the first half. All yes. of that's true, but just with more information and by changing the narrative perspective, it's suddenly fresh and new. This would have been exhausting if it had stayed with this much incident just with yes. Jimmy and his girlfriend. Yeah. And Phyllis, yeah. 
And there's some novelty to having two distinctly old guys be your action heroes. <laughs> yes. Well, just so you guys know, I mean, this is how crazy interesting Morris is as a writer. This is episode one of a brand new series, right? We have not met the main characters yeah. yet. He doesn't even put them in the first 30 minutes. And I assume Mayor Friday is related in some way to Captain Bart Friday, but it's fun because I don't know how. Maybe he's his dad. Maybe he's a crazy uncle. Who knows? And Eric is trying to use his best poker face as he stares at me. Just staring at you. (laughs) But it's so cool that he doesn't even introduce the heroes of this thing. He's able to pull the rug out from under you in a way that you thank him for over and over again. So you stop trying to predict things. So anything can be a surprise. You know, when they're walking around that church and he just gives you the suspense. This is rickety. Be careful. Oh, yeah. That's so a... you know that there's a possibility. However. He waits and he waits, waits and waits that, until you least suspect But he doesn't it. fall. But he also gives it to you in other areas. Okay. That ladder yeah. is rough. Mm-hmm. But they make it up and down the ladder just fine. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. So, like, so he may be giving you things, but you don't know which thing, if any of them, are actually going mm-hmm. to give way, literally. And, and then when the floorboard gives way, um, we're told that scream is a screech owl, right? So we jump out of our chairs. Oh, my God, what was that? Like they yeah, do. It scared the screech out of me. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but then it comes back, and you're like, no, that ain't a screech owl. Yeah. Like, how many times did you jump out of your chair? I mean, there's like six of them. Like, oh, my God, yeah. what is that? I had one question, and it could have been the quality of the recording. I listened to it twice. What do they say is the thing in the belfry that they see moving? He says it's just a blank, and it couldn't jump shape. down. It was a large shape that he saw. Okay. He said they were pigeons. Oh, you just saw oh, pigeons. pigeons. I swear I thought he said pig. Oh, no, <laughs> pigeons. Like, at this said- point, I was like... I'd buy it if he said there's a pig in the belfry. (laughs) (laughs) Son, you got a pig in the belfry. (laughs) You're going to let it out. What's so great, once you get the ending of this in 10 episodes, to listen to it again, this is why I love Morse. Everything you're hearing is legitimately part of (laughs) what's going on. I like to be surprised. I like to have characters who approach things in unexpected ways. And just the whole idea of a way to trap somebody who's in a room is to both lie down together on the floor and open the door in the hopes that this person trips on them. Uh, I I had to listen to that twice. I went, I guess it makes sense. I thought it was, the idea was... So they don't get shot. Yeah, there's like a shotgun trap or something's going to, which there was, just not there. Yeah, and it's also a way for someone to step on your head (laughs) and then to realize it was someone without shoes and their bare foot clawed your face. And so I did imagine this person with toenail scratches on their face, and that was an image I had never thought about. I had to sit and go... (laughs) Would a toenail scratch or whatever claw on their foot look different from a hand scratch? And then I missed the next five minutes (laughs) when like 18 different things happened. (laughs) I love that moment where I scream out at this every time. Yes, indeed. Go to the scary church in the middle of the night in the dense fog. Yes, that is a good idea. (laughs) I really like that because it's always the question of there's maybe a ghost. And how do you have someone react of like, ghosts, that's ridiculous. It's nothing. Let's ignore it. Or uh, I'm so frightened of this ghost. But just the, well, it's something. 
Let's go find yeah. out what it is. We'll settle this argument right now. Let's just go see what the hell it is. To me, it's very reality-based. It's possible something weird's going on, but they're trying to hang on to the reality of, mm-hmm. obviously, it's not that. It's the city of the dead. He's the right. mayor. This is his daytime. This is his yep. environment. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's eccentric. By he, I mean the mayor mm-hmm. and... Doc has to keep explaining to him like we can't keep the young couple <laughs> locked in the house forever. We're gonna have to let them out at some point. And uh, I like that the mayor never really gives into that idea. He, no, <laughs> he doesn't really answer it, but he's not willing to say, "Yeah, I'm gonna let them out." But I like the logic of the perspective of the mayor, as you said, when we get the different narrative. They're not just crazy people locking them up. They're like, if this gets out, mm-hmm. and with all the hijinks that's been going on in here lately, and we're going to be overrun, and I don't mm-hmm. want people here. Let's. Yeah. There's some logic to it, although somewhat illegal logic. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but you see the difference between the mayor and the doctor yep. at that point. The doctor locked them because he thought, hey, maybe these are the guys who have been doing something criminal. And as soon as the yep. doctor realizes, oh, no, they are just an innocent couple who were out necking, we should let them go. But we realize the hardcore member of the duo is the mayor. <laughs> it's like, nope. Well, he doesn't want them to tell. Yeah, he also doesn't just... want thrill seekers in his right. city of the dead. Once it was established early on, and this is kind of breaking the topic here, but the idea that this location is a graveyard that is no longer open, mm-hmm. like we got all the bodies we're going to get. Shock full. And that these characters are the guy who runs that graveyard mm-hmm. and a doctor who everyone he knows is dead in this graveyard. Yeah. And his last patient, and he retired, and now he comes and visits them in the graveyard. That totally, I like this fascinates me. I yeah. want to, <laughs> I want a spinoff series just about those two at this point, and that's what makes a great serial. Is if, as Eric says, you haven't even introduced your leading characters yet, and you're already really interested and invested in the side characters, because 20... that's what makes these type of stories boring. If you have a protagonist you like, but there's not a lot of life to the characters they interact with. They're sort of just caricatures. And these guys are plot engines, weird, eccentric people. And even Jim and Phyllis, I feel bad for Jim because he has had his masculinity stomped on. Because like, I love the line where he goes, there were two guys with guns. I couldn't really take them. And she's like, I know you couldn't. (laughs) (laughs) And then later he tells her trying to make up. He's like, you know, I can handle those two old duffers. And then he's like, wait, you locked me in the room. (laughs) Here's the thing about Jim that I love in this first episode as if things weren't weird and creepy enough his demeanor is just as unnerving as everybody else this is Jimmy yeah okay well uh, maybe we should go in here he's so calm and so weird okay well that guy uh, that just ran by us uh, screaming we haven't even talked about that guy (laughs) right well that's just guy runs by screaming and Okay, we got other things to worry about. But a guy rang by screaming, and so there's another thing that needs to be solved. But don't you find Jimmy unnervingly calm and weird? I'm not giving anything away. I just find the delivery of that guy is like, you know, you're not calming. (laughs) I read him as he was trying, again, it goes back to this idea, he was trying to be the protecting male. Like, it's okay. I get that. Yeah, two guys overpowered me and stole the car, but I got this, honey. We'll just go to the graveyard. Everything will be cool. And the guy who runs by, at first it sounded like he was laughing, then later they say he's crying. It has this indistinct emotion to it, which makes it unsettling. Mm-hmm. And just this idea that he's running down the, the road making that noise, mm-hmm. the sound of the gravel, I visualize something like from a David Lynch film. That's what that reminded me of. I think this long, awkward... Scene but of a they don't guy even have time to delve into it with everything else going on. Um, 
Don't you love that howling siren between scenes? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's not music. It's just unnerving siren. And it's not really a siren. The other thing, coffee and buns. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> Have a bun and a cup of coffee. That in the middle of the night. In the middle of the night. That's something my grandma and grandpa would have given me I at, just... at six years old. <laughs> the other thing it's got going for it is after meeting this cast of characters, just them talking about Lammy Fink. I can't wait to meet him. Yep. Oh, There's a whole bunch of people to meet. Yeah. Now, you may listen and get into this, any listener or you two or anybody, and get down the road and go, okay, I don't like it. But there is no way any human being could listen to that first episode and not say, Yep, bring on episode two. <laughs> I'd I'm like gonna, to hear I'll what happens. Put this in a scale that may or may not please you, Eric. But mm-hmm. when we listen to the thing that cries at night, yes, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is good. I like this. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited about City of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, no, it does I'm please me. Converted. I started with I Love a Mystery, mm-hmm. fell in love, listened to all that remained, and listened to him many times. Uh, Bury Your Dead, Arizona, and Temple of Vampires, and loved it, loved it, loved it. It wasn't until years later that I discovered that, oh, he wrote other things. I mean, this is pre-internet, you know. Yeah. And that he wrote other things, and they were available, and now the internet exists. And so you could find Adventures by Morse and... um, I Love Adventure? I Love Adventure. When I discovered this, City of the Dead, same thing. Wow, this is better. This is much more scary-based, and it's much Mm -hmm. less high adventure more than it than it is what the f is going on <laughs> and there's some of that with thing that cries in the night but it's also got that swashbuckling hero thing going on and he started to write much more uh, horror genre stuff uh, and it's great i love it a lot i am regretting making the commitment to listen to this one podcast at a time because yeah. i just Totally want to dig into the next episode. Well, you know what you There's could do. There's a claw-footed man. A- <laughs> you know what you could do. You could listen all ten, and then re-listen before each podcast. No, recording. it's more about I want to really be able to speak about them, not knowing what the next right. episode will bring, because yeah. I think it captures what Morse was setting out to do. Yeah, that's exactly. He, right. he wanted to hook people, want them to listen to the next episode. Well, this is what it would have been like. It would come out once a week. And then we would have all at work or, you know, with our friends talked about the episode and what's going to happen next week. You know? I'm going to go to work tomorrow and try to talk about the City of the Dead and see how <laughs> long it takes me to get fired. <laughs> this is what's wrong with binge watching. You know, you don't have that ability to you have to wait and discuss with your friends like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen next they week. They figured that out. And a lot of the streaming services are going back to a model where they're releasing them once a week. Are they? Uh, because it builds that excitement and builds a week of people talking about it on the internet. The internet is the new water cooler, obviously. And, yeah. And I, I'm kind of excited to see that come back, the appreciation of the cliffhanger well, instead of next. As you guys know, I'm a big fan of Star Trek Discovery, the mm-hmm. CBS All Access thing. I don't care to discuss if you hate it or not. Or I haven't other. seen it. And I l- fell in love with it, and I went, and I'm going to watch them once a week. And I did. I found a day and I put it in my calendar and said, so I got really excited all week. Oh, Monday night's coming. I'm going to watch episode three. And I made it last. So there you go. What do we do now? Do we vote? We vote at the end of this Okay, so how do we wrap this up? Will Eric figure out how to end the podcast? Will Jimmy ever prove his manhood? (laughs) 
Will our protagonists eventually decide to show up to their own cereal? Find out next time on Cliffhangers of Doom.